Hello and welcome to another Wattpad podcast. Today we're talking to Jake Vanderark, who is the author of the Blank Canvas series, which includes The Accidental Siren, Lighthouse Nights, and The Brandywine Prophet. These are stories that are all available on Wattpad to read right now. Hi, Jake. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing very well. And where are we talking to you from today? I'm in Fayetteville, Arkansas right now. Oh, cool. So we wanted to talk to you about your writing career so far. So you said that you've been writing novels for three years. And in that short amount of time, you've already finished four books. And you're working on seven more. At least seven more, right? Yeah, yeah, that's about right, yeah. How do you do it? Well, I write between probably about six to 16 hours a day, you know, depending on on how I'm doing and everything. Really? Yeah. When I first started, I was I tried the traditional route. You know, I went through, looked for agents and looked for publishers and everything and got rejected. I wrote The Day I Wore Purple and got turned down. And instead of, you know, letting that get to me, I decided to, you know, plow through and go to the next one. So I wrote The Brandywine Prophet and that one got turned down. So I wrote Lighthouse Nights and that one got turned down. And so I wrote The Accidental Siren. <laughs> so oh, I just wow. had to keep on going. And if I... I just felt like if I slowed down, then I would probably stop and, you know, never come back to it. So I just just kept moving forward. And so where are you getting the optimism from, you know, considering, I mean, most writers face some kind of rejection throughout their career. I mean, even J.K. Rowling, the first Harry Potter book got rejected 12 times right before it got accepted for publishing. So we all know how tough it is for writers out there, but how do you personally do it? How do you keep going? That's a good question. Um, Well, as far as facing rejection, uh, I went to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, and, um, you know, by the time you get to your junior and senior year, the critiques there are very, very harsh, not necessarily for writing, but for any form of art that I was doing at the time, uh, mainly film stuff. And Mm -hmm. I think that gave me a pretty, pretty thick skin as far as rejection. I don't take it very hard I guess I mean it, it hurts of course but it's not it never discourages me if anything it, it pushes me harder and makes me makes me want to write more uh, so yeah that's I mean I think that's how I get through get through the rejection part of it but um, as far as motivation I think that's just kind of how I've always been I've always pursued a creative career since high school basically mm-hmm. my dream has always been either filmmaking or screenwriting and now you know wanting to be a novelist and um yeah just the motivation that that is required for that is is pretty insane what's your writing routine like on a daily basis you said that you write at least six hours a day so do you give yourself a certain time like okay by 11 a.m i'm gonna sit down and start writing no i do generally follow a routine but that's just because that's how the day goes i'm not really structured into something if something comes up i can usually you know work around it but um, no, I get up, get up around 10 and, and write for as long as I can. And mornings are usually harder for me. Uh, I do much better at night. So I usually, you know, load up on caffeine and try mm-hmm. to stay up until two, three, four in the morning. If I'm doing well, that's my time that I, you know, really feel like I can sit down and focus completely on the writing instead of all the distractions around me. Yeah, but you wake up at 10 a.m. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> well, if I depends on what um, other jobs I'm working at the time and, yeah. uh, and how, how late I go to bed for. Well, what advice can you give other writers who are struggling to finish writing their novels? Uh, the biggest thing would probably be the note card system that I use. Uh, I know a lot of people that I've talked to on Wattpad now, now know about this. Um, some of my videos show my kind of obsessive, well, it seems obsessive, it's not really, but my obsessive use of note cards to, to oh. structure stories. But um, I basically, once I get an idea, 
I buy a whole bunch of big note cards and I write down, you know, the scenes that I have in mind at that point and and I buy a bunch of small note cards and throughout the day if I ever come up with an idea for a scene or for anything at all, I'll write it on a small note card. And then those note cards go on to the bigger note cards to the corresponding scene and then I hang them on my wall. And that's what I mean, that's not really what keeps me going, but it's what you know, make sure that I know what's coming next and I always have something to write. So that also helps with writer's block too. I never feel like I need to come up with something new. I always know I just go to the next card and I can see the notes that I've already, you know, come up with. That helps a lot. Right. You have a, you always have another goal in mind and something to look forward to, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it keeps me, you know, focused on the structure. It keeps, I can not think about things that come later because I know they're there and that I've already thought through them and I guess, yeah, I guess that would be my biggest advice or best advice would just be to come up with a system that works for you and, you know, stick to it. And this one really, really works for me. I've had a lot of questions about that. So Uh, you're sharing three of your novels on Wattpad right now, as well as two um, different works that are writing tips for other writers. Um, Why did you decide to share your stories for free on Wattpad? Uh, It's kind of a long story. Um, My father passed away in January of this year. And that was kind of a, obviously a low point in my life and I needed to get, you know, start a real career. The writing wasn't working for me. And, um, I just, I got to a point where I realized, I mean, I needed something to change in my life and I stumbled upon Wattpad. Literally, I think I was on StumbleUpon and found (laughs) Wattpad. Really? I think so. Something like that. One of those sites. And yeah, just decided, you know, I got nothing to lose. It was kind of a Hail Mary pass and thought, well, I'll just put on the accidental siren. I had just finished it. And, um, yeah, and it was incredible. I mean, the first few comments I got that were good, those were the first, first comments from strangers I've ever had on my work, I think. Everything really? else was from, you know, mom or future in-laws or my fiance who are all very, very sweet, but it's not exactly validating like it is when you get feedback from strangers. Right. And so you never had other people other than your family and close friends critique your work or edit it out for you? Not really, no. My fiance is a journalism major and okay. she does all of my all of my editing for me and you know, she knows all the little things that I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of a big picture sort of person and she helps me with all the small editing stuff. So um, other than that, I mean, no, I don't I don't think that strangers had really read my work and given me any sort of feedback on it. And in the three novels that you're currently sharing on Wattpad, you tackle suicide and other mature themes. Like, um, I think one of the stories deals with a character who used to be drug addicted, right? Uh, yep. And so where do you get inspiration for your writing? Oh, inspiration comes from, I mean, all different places. I'm the one for, for the Brandywine Prophet. I was working as a stage manager at a national dance competition when I kind of got the idea and formed my basically my entire outline for that story backstage. Uh, and um, the accidental siren actually came from the same place. I don't really know what it was, but what I really try to focus on are the big, like, what if questions. So what if, you know, what if there really was an objectively beautiful girl? What mm-hmm. if you literally couldn't resist her? What would that mean for people? You know, and then I follow that idea as long as I can. And I write down notes whenever I think of a new idea for it. And and yeah, that's just kind of how the ideas develop. But as far as where the inspiration comes for specific ideas, it's just, it's, I don't know, just whenever I'm thinking about things and it comes to me. From my understanding, you previously worked in the film industry before trying your hand at novel writing, right? Yep. 
um, were you in screenwriting or some other um, part of the film industry? <laughs> well, when I was in college, well, actually in high school, my dream was to be a be a director of films. And so I pursued that really hard. But uh, the more I focused on that, the more I learned that I really liked the writing process better. Mm -hmm. um, and I lived in L.A. for a few years, for three years, and, uh, you know, had a lot of conversations with people about, about screenwriting and, and, I don't know, kind of delving into these, into how it works, what makes TV shows tick and everything, and why, you know, character arcs and all of that stuff. And, yeah, I mean, just screenwriting in general was, was a huge inspiration, and it's very different from film. Um, it's focused mainly on structure, right. not description whatsoever. I mean, in a screenplay, you just don't write description, so... That was a big thing I had to learn, but um, yeah, no, my time is in LA and pursuing film was was really important to how I write now. I think, yeah. Do your novels come off differently to most novel readers? Like, do you tend to use more dialogue or be let or be more descriptive when it comes to your writing? Maybe, maybe not more dialogue, more structure, though. I think more um, trying to focus on things like drama and what makes you know, characters do what they do and propelling the plot forward in that way. I mean, that's really what screenwriting is without description. It's, it's really just characters and action mm -hmm. and, and the structure. And so that's, I think, why, you know, I, I try to make my novels move forward in that way to really be plot driven as well as, you know, having some of the character stuff. Description, like I said, was really, was really a challenge for me. And I think I still might have some <laughs> problems with description, maybe too much or, or, you know, too much description, stuff like that, but I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you envision your novels as uh, as movies, like, in the future while you're writing them? Oh, absolutely. That is that is the end game for me, I guess. That would be the ultimate uh, experience would be to have my, my uh, books made into films. Uh, the Day I Wore Purple, my very first book, and the one I'm rewriting right now, was actually originally a screenplay, mm -hmm. as well as Lighthouse Nights. I wrote both of those uh, when I lived in L.A., and uh, the day where purple was a much, you know, a big, a very big science fiction movie that I could never direct. So I wrote Lighthouse Nights, which is a small kind of indie feeling mm -hmm. teenage drama. And yeah, so no, I mean, <laughs> to see those on, on the big screen someday would be, would be a dream come true, basically. I'd love to direct them too, but I don't know if that's exactly plausible. <laughs> hey, ambition has no limit, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you launched a Kickstarter project earlier this year where you tried to get funding to work on four novels in four months. How did you come up with this idea? Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, well, following the, you know, the Wattpad revelation where I suddenly had all of these people really giving me motivation and the ambition to continue with this when I was about ready to give up, um, I didn't have any money. I mean, I, I had no way to actually go forward and self-publish these, you know, the distribution costs and yeah. covers and stuff like that, um, stock images for the covers, all, all of those things add up, and test copies and more test copies when the covers don't look right, and and I really wanted to make sure that I could market it right, and I could, you know, put some money toward that. So Kickstarter, I mean, I, I had seen so many, lots of my friends have used it, and they had success in it, and so I tried it, and I actually failed the first time around. I think I asked for too much money and not enough time. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, the second time around, I, I asked for 2500 and I met my goal. <laughs> so what does it take to host a successful fundraising campaign online as a writer? Oh man, uh, very, very dedicated friends and family. <laughs> uh, 
did get, I got maybe 500 to maybe $700 somewhere in there from strangers, complete strangers who just saw my project and liked it. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's tremendous. That just baffles me that there are people out there who look for these projects and, and give money to them. And that was amazing. But um, really, it was emailing friends and asking them, you know, could you just give me $10? You know, $40 will get you a book, $60 will get you two, you know, 150 will get your name in the back. If you could just please give me a little bit and being really persistent with that while being polite at the same time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they really, they really came through for me. And like I said, once I had the money from friends and family, uh, the strangers kind of, you know, saw the project that it had legs and, and jumped on board too. Right. And so now that the successful campaign is over, um, how are you going forward with your funding? With the money that you've fundraised, are you going ahead with self-publishing? Yes. Yep. Uh, I have the three books that are on Wattpad right now are also on paperback and ebook. And like I said, that costs uh, distribution. There's a distribution fee through Lulu and printing all the test copies and everything. And that's that process is all completely done for the three books that you see on Wattpad today. And right now, I'm currently rewriting the day I wore purple, which is a big story about immortality and a vaccine that makes us live forever. And again, that was my first book, and I'm doing everything I can to get that out too. And that was part of the that was the fourth novel. So, are your ebooks available for sale right now? Yes, they are. Uh, you can do it through uh, the Kindle store, through Smashwords, uh, Barnes and Noble. Um, yeah, all three ebooks are available. Uh, the paperback for the brand new one profit is not quite available yet, but it should be in the next few weeks. So looking forward to that too. Cool. I was actually really curious about your covers for the three stories because they're all united in a in the same theme, right? Since they're all one series. Who designed the covers for you? Did you do that yourself? Uh, yeah, I did. I just, I mean, you know, I've had these ideas and my or these stories in my head for so long. I mess around with different covers, you know, all the time, and finally came up with some simple sort of graphic ideas that I liked that I wouldn't have to, you know, I don't really like women. I mean, I don't dislike them, <laughs> but, but when you see, you know, people's faces on book yeah. covers, like, it kind of ruins the imagination, <laughs> you know, what, what people think of them. So I, I really wanted something graphical and clean and simple. And also to clarify, um, these books, I'm kind of tentatively calling them my blank canvas series because they really focus on the ideas of creativity and, and art and even in kind of abstract ways, like in The Accidental Siren, James wants to, you know, shoot movies and so and Mara is kind of his kind of his muse and inspiration. So each of these books deals with these themes that, you know, I've been dealing with my whole life and kind of, you know, define who I am. And so all, all four books are very, very different. You know, none of the same characters or anything. I mean, they're, in fact, all different genres, I think. But, you yeah, know, the blank canvas idea kind of united them for me. And, um, yeah, so I just ran with it, and that's reflected in the, in the cover design. Yeah, pretty cool. Now, with the rise of e-reading and digital publishing, do you think it's become easier or is it more difficult for aspiring writers such as you to find an audience and become financially successful off of your writing? Yeah, it, it definitely goes both ways. Uh, the field is more crowded. I mean, there are so many more people trying to, you know, get their books out. So many people, that, thanks to things like that, I mean, it's, a, it's just fantastic how many, how many people are coming to writing, I think, and... Um, I think it's also overwhelming for traditional publishers and um, and agents who, you know, have this mass of people that are trying to do it. So in that way, the, I think it is more difficult. 
But on the other hand, we now have thanks to social media. I mean, our platform is is tremendous. Um, just by posting my my work on Wattpad, I have you know, I think fifty thousand people have actually gotten to the last chapter of my book, and that just simply was not possible even five years ago. It mm-hmm. was you wouldn't even you know believe that this is that this could be happening like this and. So, I mean, again, the field is, is more crowded, and I think it's a lot harder with, you know, the competition that's out there. But on the other hand, if you have a good story and you know how to use social media, I think I think you, we can do things we couldn't do, you know, five years ago. And it's all really up to the author now, right, to get themselves out there. It absolutely is, which is, you know, I've, I've been reading books on, you know, finding an agent or finding a publisher for so long. And these books are only two or three years old, but they're obsolete already. Right now, agents are looking for people who have a fan base, mm-hmm. and they basically won't even really consider you, even if your work is great. Uh, it's hard to find somebody who's going to just go based solely on your writing. I mean, you really have to come to the table with fans or with you know a story that's already been published somehow. And and again, thanks to things like Wattpad, I mean that's a you know big step in the right direction. I think. Yeah, it does sound like that might be the direction that things are taking. I mean, I don't know if you heard recently about Abby Gibbs from the UK, um, no. and also about Brit um Brittany from New York. They're both writers who posted their stories on Wattpad, and then they got millions and millions of reads. And thanks to that, they were discovered and. Now they've both gotten publishing deals. Abby Gibbs is getting published by HarperCollins, and Brittany is getting published by Simon & Schuster. So yeah, those are just two very recent success stories off of Wattpad. Yeah, that's fantastic. And another thing is, I mean, that just in sending out uh, query letters to agents and, and publishers, now, you know, in, in my case, I finally have something to say. Even, yeah. You know, I've never had a short story published in a magazine or anything. I've never had anything to grab someone's attention in a query letter. But, you know, if things keep going well on Wattpad, you know, in six months, I could say I have 2,000 fans who really like my work and they're extremely supportive. And, you know, at least I have something now to say in a, in a query letter to catch a, an agent's attention. Right. Concrete numbers will definitely help. I would suggest actually checking out David Gogren's blog. Um, I can send you the link later, but he is a self-published author and he writes a lot about all the experiments he's tried out and lessons he's learned throughout his career so far as a self-published author and he has a lot of really really helpful tips for like how to tweak the system in your favor to help you you know get that fan base and to sell more ebooks so he's definitely a really good resource oh yeah i'd love to love to look into that yeah well do you have any upcoming projects that you'd like to share with us today what else is on your plate (laughs) well um like i said today we're purple is pretty much consuming my entire life right now. I have all my cards on the board and going through and rewriting that. And that will be on Wattpad. I'm not exactly sure how I'll release it yet and how all that's going to work. But um, as soon as it's done, I'm going to I'm gonna start posting it a few chapters at a time. And I'm excited about that. And then the second project that's kind of in the works, not really the note card system yet, but in my journal anyway, is um, Mara the Saint, which will be the sequel to The Accidental Siren. And that book was actually supposed to be all one book, but as I was writing the first third, I was realizing how uh, I was going way over my word count. <laughs> um, I decided to split it into three books, so the sequel to that will hopefully be next on my plate. It depends on you know how successful I am over the next few months with this project and everything, but if things go well, then that'll be next on my list. Sounds good. We're looking forward to reading that. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell your readers and fans? Oh, man. I, 
just I think it's funny that every time you hear this question at the end of an interview, <laughs> responds with you know some variation of oh I, I couldn't have done it without my fans you know but um, I think the fans need to know that that's a cliche for a reason. Um, our th- authors aren't just saying that to be nice you know I mean my fans are the reason I write. Like I said when after my father died after I, things were really really bad I was ready to give up and. Thanks to the fans on Wattpad, literally, that's the reason I kept going. And yeah, I mean, now I'm on your podcast and doing really well and excited about everything. And I, I, I couldn't have done it without them. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us in today's podcast. Thank you so much, Pamela. It was really nice talking to you. It was great talking to you, too. And to all our listeners, we'll see you again next time.